a world filled with fast-paced living and constant demands on the aging body, it's easy to forget some of the simplest yet most essential elements of our well-being, hydration and nutrients. As you know, when I'm not in the studio recording a podcast or in the gym or out in the scrub hunting, putting rounds downrange, I'm somewhere in the world on a security gig, putting in the hard yards, ending up on TikTok. So legends that get some, keep me advancing forward, Jocko Fuel Supplements. More specifically, I've been smashing the Jocko Hydrate Sachets, which helps me replenish my electrolytes and other critical vitamins while boosting energy and supporting recovery. Also, just like my kids, my appetite for veggies goes as far as hot chips from the kernel. However, every morning I'll mix a scoop of Jocko Greens, Jocko Creatine into water, which helps me supplement my lack of and delivers all the nutrients for better gut health, immune support, cognitive function, and physical performance. And not to mention, tastes bloody good. So head over to www.getsome.com.au and use the code Zero Limits all in caps for a discount. I'll leave you with this for the day. Hard work, clean fuel, stronger, faster, smarter, better. Let's go. You're listening to a Zero Limits podcast brought to you by Two Ravens Tactical. Your hosts are Australian veterans, Matt and Shane, and we're here to give you the motivation to accomplish any goal you set your mind to. On these podcasts, we're going to be speaking to high-charging people with a zero-limit mindset that never say no. Let's go. All right, Shane, uh, on today's episode of Zero Limits podcast, we are speaking to a U.S. Air Force um, pararescue, uh, better known as the PJ. Essentially, uh, you know, a PJ is, I guess, like Westpac. Yeah, that's my understanding. Uh, You know, like police rescue in the helicopters, et cetera. Um, except they're trained, you know, they're essentially special forces. And, slash you know, doctor. Slash, slash doctor, slash everything. Parachuter, and, skydiver. You know, trained to, you know, to the extent of, you know, jumping into a firefight and saving people. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, saving people in, you know, typhoons, hurricanes, uh, you know, essentially the world, world. Anything. Yeah, the world rescue team. Basically, yeah. If there, if there was such a thing. 100%. Um, his name's uh, Mike uh, Maroney. Um, I think he did about twenty plus years. Yeah, not five thousand three hundred something. Yeah, five thousand three hundred and twenty-five. I think is what I read. Yeah, um, twenty years service doing that. So that's uh, that's rescues around the world too. Professional in his career. Yeah, so people have careers, but this bloke obviously that is a. You think about five thousand rescues. Yeah, five thousand people saved. Sorry. Exactly. So that's com- combat zones too. Is like yeah. limbs missing, gun, so gunshot wounds. Let's um. Yeah. Get straight into let's, it and let's, let's see what he's got to tell us. Hundred, let's, awesome. Let's go. Today's uh, episode of uh, Zero Limits podcast, we have uh, another uh, USA uh, veteran. Uh, his name is uh, Mike uh, Maroney. He was um, a pararescueman which is uh, part of the United States Air Force, uh, better known as uh, PJs. There has been a couple of TV shows. Um, I know there was one on Foxtel. Yeah, years ago on uh, Discovery Channel. Yeah, so I think, I guess it's it's, it's a bit of an unknown thing here in Australia. We do have something similar, but they're not, uh, you know, not military. Not as hardcore. Yeah, not as hardcore. So uh, welcome to the show, Mike. How are you? You. I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, awesome, mate. No, we're, we're super pumped to have you on as well. As I said, um, you know, we we do have uh, rescue here in Australia, but it's not to the extent of you know uh, Air Force military style. We've got the Westpac, which is a uh, bank sponsored helicopter service, uh, which is a civilian thing, but they don't have guns. So. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Essentially, you're, you're like Team America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> World police. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, sweet. So um, I guess just to get us started, let's uh, let's start where uh, where you grew up, where young Mike grew up. I, I, I do know that you were born in California, so you're most likely a surfer or volleyballer. A uh, surfer, definitely. I, I think that that's what actually helped prepare me for pararescue. Yeah, right. You know, because I grew up surfing big waves and, you know, if you can get pummeled by a cold Pacific wave, what's a pool? Yeah. hundred percent. You know? Yeah. Yeah, right. So, so I, 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 who? No, I you're right. You, you're, you got, yep, yeah, we got that delay. <laughs> uh, so I, I did grow up in California. Um, my parents, my dad was in the army. He said, join the Air Force. Both my parents were cops, so I was in trouble all the time. <laughs> I was very prepared for Sear. Like, the Sear was like a Friday night in my house. Where were you? What did you do? Who were you with? <laughs> I was like, I'm not telling you nothing. Pound sand, call me. Because <laughs> that's, you know, when I came, I came in in 96. Yeah. And, I mean, that was a, a whole different world than where we are now. Oh, definitely. And, and growing up in California, to me, you know, it's 15 minutes from the beach. It was a farming community. Uh, so you had a hard work ethic, you know, that I think helped me out in the long run. And then just, uh, you know, my grandma teaching me all about love and hope and burning candles and praying and doing the best you can and, you know, getting a good night's sleep and taking showers. It's funny. Um, her sister just recently died. So we were at the funeral and I, I will take up to like five showers a day. Yeah. If I go out and I'm around people, uh, you know, so I come home, and I take a shower and she was, my uh, cousin was saying about how when they came over from Mexico and they were living with my grandma, yep. she would make sure that they were completely clean every night and washed. And, and I'm like, that's where I got it from. <laughs> you know, it's weird when you start tracing where your things come from and just uh, a love of the ocean growing up, you know, in Ventura and Santa Barbara, it, it just, it was my life. It's, it's been my entire life and getting to be a PJ, I got to use all the things that I grew up you know, as a child, uh, I went 11 years of Catholic school until they asked me not to come back. Uh-huh. And I was always in trouble. And But the priest taught me to think. And I really think that that's what set me apart from a lot of people is they're like, no, God wants you to question things. You should question things. Not in a like, oh, why me? But like, why? What is the lesson I'm supposed to learn here? And if you're open for those experiences, you know, you'll learn so much. And so the, the questioning and the asking and the working through and then the hard work ethic, because it was a farming community, but I was looking up that it was right next to the beach. Yeah. So it's best of both worlds. And uh, growing up, so my dad's white and my mom's brown. And so I never got along with anybody because, you know, they're like, oh, you're okay because you're half white or you're okay because you're half brown. And I'm like, well, I'm just me, motherfucker. Like, what's up with that? And so in the ocean, it gave me a place that I belonged and, you know, because nobody's asking any questions. So just like, Hey, that was a good wave, you know, and like, you know, (laughs) and and happy and free and dolphins were jumping in the water. So like all of that prepared me, Oh, you're getting hot. Let me take it off. (laughs) um, So it was awesome. I've, you guys, uh, you guys are up early, or is this like normal for you? No, this is this is normal. I um, run a I run a yeah. security company, so I'm, you know we've got our makeshift uh, office or studio here in the office. Yeah. So I'm I'm, oh, nice. I'm always here, and Shane's just always to- finished night shifts. I'm a Steve at all, so yeah, I've been up for like. 24 hours almost. Yeah. So just oh, to, yeah. <laughs> just for a background for us, I'm ex-Army uh, paratrooper. And, uh, I was a bosun in the Navy. Shane was a uh, Navy. I was a dirty, dirty nice. sailor. Yeah. I, I worked with some Kiwis over uh, there, oh, yeah. the SAS guys. Real nice. Yeah. In 2005. Yeah, right. Yeah, nice. Fuck, that's early days. 
So, um, yeah. just back to your uh, growing up. Um, w- w- you know, what age did you start thinking about joining the forces? So I told my dad at seven that I wanted to be a ranger because you know all the movies <laughs> yeah. and it looked cool, and and so I thought about it. But then I was still, you know, it's too young, so you know whatever. But I liked playing, you know, army and shooting everybody, and we had rubber band wars with the rubber band guns or dirt clod wars and climbing trees and chasing each other and just you know, kick the can or whatever. And, um, about 18, you know, I graduated high school and I'm like, ah, you know, maybe. And so I went to school, got an associate's degree and about the 20, I started looking into it and thought that it, like 2021, I was barely ready. I, you know, cause 18, you're not responsible. You're, yeah. you're a knucklehead yeah. and you no know, thought process at all. <laughs> so when, when I was 21, I got my, you know, I finished with my associate's degree and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, this is what I want to do. So it, well, I quit law school when the OJ Simpson trial happened and I'm like, the system's broke. I quit. Forget it. I'm joining the Air Force. Yeah, And and then pararescue was, was exactly what I needed. Yeah, right. So um, is is there like a direct entry into pararescue? Because obviously pararescue is, you know, essentially special forces, isn't it? Yes. So for the Air Force, there's, there's two, there's combat control and there's us. Yeah, And so I like to think of we're the yin and yang because one of us is here to kill everybody and the other one of us is here to help everybody. Yeah. So yeah. nuclear weapons in the Air Force, but we also have pararescue. Yeah. And so I came in open general, which they don't do anymore. Now you have to come in specifically for uh, aspect war to yeah. do any of the jobs. And so me came my my recruiter was scared because I was I was always kind of anti-establishment. And she's like, I don't know how you're going to do. <laughs> you know, I'm like, but, but if I need to, I can get through things. You know, I can suck it up. I can mm. perform or do what I need to. I can fit in your box if you need me to. But generally, well, like, so my first two years, I had a blonde mohawk. Jesus <laughs> and, and it was just, you know, and, but I kept it gelled down all day. And uh, Mike Maltz, who is a, a mentor and good PJ, he died in Afghanistan. He's like, how much gel are you putting in your hair? And I'm like, no, oh. <laughs> you know, like, cause it just like plowed down. But when I would get out, then it was just all stick yeah. up and they're like, dude, but no one said anything until I made staff sergeant. And they're like, do you think you should cut your hair? And I'm like, no, I don't think I should cut my hair. Well, you're going to be responsible now. But I'm like, no dude, we're PJs. We don't fucking bow down to people. There's no, no. And, uh, but eventually I'm like, okay, <laughs> but I always had a little bit longer hair. No one could tell that I was in the air force most of the time. And and that's the way we liked it. Yeah. You nice. know, I got pictures of me, big beards and that's awesome. When war was fun and you could have a beard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Battle beard. <laughs> yeah. They were good. So how long is, uh, the training Look, you run us through the whole, the whole system for it. So it's about two years. You, you come in, you do basic, and then you go to uh, what well, used to be in doc, and that was 10 weeks of getting beat up. Uh, now they have a, a couple of different courses. They're all basically the same thing. They just gave them different names and extended them or made them longer or shorter. But for me, it was, uh, well, <laughs> it's a 10-week course, but I went through back to back to back. So I turned a 10-week course basically into, you know, a year. <laughs> yeah, right. So it was a good time. When I, when I finally graduated, I had uh, a broken ankle. Uh, pneumonia and I look like a cancer patient or maybe a cancer survivor. (laughs) (laughs) They they say that. Yeah, right. They say that the training is like, you know, on par with, you know, up there with the seals and 
you know, ranges, et cetera. Well, I think if you think about it, like, because everyone's like, Oh, I'm better. Or I'm, be-, you know, it's all the same. It's yeah. all just a kick in the nuts to see what you got and, and can you do it? Yeah. And so, the, the, and because also they're also based off of the dive school. Um, so that's phase three for the buds or any, you know, the dive school, but the Navy is uh, proprietary for a uh, dive school. So everybody has to meet the same kind of standards. So it's just everybody's interpretation of the standards and, and what they think. And it, it is pretty tough. I think a lot of the problem is, is we don't get the amount of people that want to be seals. Yeah. You know, everyone, everyone's seen all the movies or read all the books and yeah. goes, Oh, I want to be a seal versus what's a PJ, you know, bad pajamas. What? That's crazy. <laughs> you know, nobody. And, and I kind of like that. I mean, I, I do. So like I have my own podcast where I talk and like, some guys are like, dude, what are you doing? You know, like, but I, it's as silent professional as I think I can be Yeah. because I, I think that the message needs to be out there in helping people. Um, but at the same time, you know, we don't, well, there's like three or four books now, but the rest of us are like, eh, keep it low down. So that way it's like, we're, we're good to go, but it's two years of school. You start off with the, the, um, indoctrination course. And then I went to uh, combat, uh, dive school in Key West, which that was a blast. And I ended up doing that twice. And that was how I found out my ankle was broke because on the first time I got to the final must pass 2000 meter night dive and I ran out of time and I was 50 yards from shore. Oh, spewing. Oh, no. And I was like, Oh, so they said, they sent me to the doctors and the doctor's like, Hey, your ankles broke. When did that happen? I'm like yesterday. because <laughs> <laughs> It'd been broken since the second class of indoc, but I didn't, you know, you, I don't want to go to med hold. You go to med hold, you're done. You know? So I didn't tell anybody. I just kept wrapping it and took a shitload of Motrin That's hectic. and got through the, yeah. <laughs> Vitamin M will get you through oh, anything. Vitamin <laughs> <of> M. <laughs> when, when, they, they, they sent me home. They gave me two months to heal. Um, I, I had two instructors that like took pity on me and helped me out. And, um, and then I went back to dive school and I passed and then uh, continued on and went on to airborne and sear and uh, free fall. And, and then you, you take all that and then you go to, um, we used to go to Kirtland. Uh, now they're coming back to Lackland for their paramedic course. Yeah. And you did all your medicine and everything in Kirtland and, Two years, yeah, uh, two years and a day in the pipeline. I finally graduated. Yeah. Right. Then how how long does a normal person take to do it? A normal person, uh, <laughs> about eighteen months. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. I still because, not too much longer. No, no, no. So the problem is, is like the schools don't always line up. Oh, so you, you know, got to wait for the course. Might, yeah. A little bit of waiting, so oh, it does fuck. take. But mine was actually like I was almost always in a course. It just took me forever. To uh, my, one of my uncles used to make fun of me and said, Michael, swim your ass ashore. And, you know, because it took me, I mean, it took me three indocs, two dive schools, two paramedics, you know, like I'm a rock, man. I, I, but I'm, I'm steady and I'll, oh. and, and I'll learn. I don't, I make a lot of mistakes, but I don't make the same mistakes and I just keep on going, trying to get better. And so I refuse to quit. Yeah, right. So um, I was listening to a podcast earlier uh, with you on it and uh, you failed one component, uh, the bobbing. Can you yep. run us through this bobbing? Because it sounds, uh, you know, from what I could hear of it, it just sounds like death. It It's not that bad, but all right, so here's the problem. All right. So I was worried. Well, all right. So my ankle was hurt. So I'm on my tippy toes and on my tippy toes, the water is here. Yeah. And so when I was already a little, I guess it was just got scared. Like I was worried. And so somebody would have to tap me when it was my turn to go because 
I couldn't hear anybody or anything because I was at the, the water. I'm short. I'm short. I'm just not a tall person, but, but it was all right because there's less of me to shoot at. Right. They're going to shoot you first. Cause right. Like, yeah. Look at the size the of that target. guy versus I'm like, <laughs> so what they would do is they put uh, two, two uh, tanks on your back and the tanks were filled with 40 pounds of lead. Fuck. And then you had your uh, rocket fins and you would walk down to the bottom of the pool, which is only nine feet. And then you would push off, get your air, and then go back down. Not bad at all. About a minute into it, they say switch. You had to take off your fins and put them on your hands and now try to do that. And I could not reach the top. I Between the ankle and just being injured, I just couldn't get up there. So I became a very good shredder. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, well, I'm not quitting. You know, and I got my hands up and I'm 40 pounds of lead on me. And I'm like. I'm not quitting, you know, I'm, I'm there. And they're like, you're a knucklehead. <laughs> so I kept failing, <laughs> bobbing. And they're like, you suck, but we'll give you, well, so here's where this like kind of comes in like to a, a full story. And that the day that I got my first setback, there were eight other dudes in front of me to include Ivan Ruiz, who is an Air Force Cross recipient and uh, an Air Force Cross recipient as a PJ. So he and all the other dudes in front of me who were all bigger, badder, faster, stronger guys than me, nobody got a setback. And I went in there and they're like, well, we don't think you're going to graduate, but we'll let you go anyway, just because your, your pushup numbers aren't too bad. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So I went, I went through and I got through. Well, no, I didn't get through that time either. I go another time. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's some extenuating circumstances for that part, but it, uh, I just, I'm either too dumb to quit or, you know, <laughs> just keep going. I got that go, go, go. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, hey, how tall are you? Uh, I'm five, five. Oh, oh holy shit, shit. You are short. Fuck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm six, four. Me and Shane are about yeah. six, four, six, five. So we're literally so. like a whole foot yeah. tall. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, there's like a whole nother person between you. <laughs> <laughs> but get oh. this. did you do it? Do you guys ride in helicopters much? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, once. All right. How how much did you have to bow down in the helicopter? Mate, it was like crawling. I had to crawl. This is me. <laughs> I did do that. And then I'm straight. It was right there. <laughs> Yeah, so right. It was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, I suppose. That, 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 that did suck about being tall because we traveled in armored vehicles and I'm forever just smashing my head. I had to wear a helmet everywhere. Just the Navy was, ship's the same. It's yeah. just like, everything's low, like the bulkheads. I don't know if you've ever been on a ship before, but it's just everything's mm-hmm. low, like the racks, like the bedding's small, and like, yeah, it's just a struggle. But anyway. So, uh, ascent- I fit in small pieces. <laughs> Suitcases, too. So essentially with yeah. – um, What's crazy, you know, you're from the Air Force, but you did dive school. You, yeah. It sounds like you guys trained for every scenario out there, snow, uh, just everything. Everything. Like anywhere, anytime, combat, civilian. Most of my rescues are from uh, typhoons and hurricanes and floods. Yeah, that's, well. that's where I got the majority of my rescues. Yeah. So a lot of water. Yeah, we'll touch on that. We'll touch on that. So just just for our listeners, um, obviously, I think, I guess we've been speaking a little bit too much military. Give us a, just a quick rundown on exactly what a PJ is. So we're either SEAL priest, because I'm trained <laughs> like a SEAL, but I'm there to help people, or, you know, I'm some Shaolin monk that's, you know, here I come in peace. <laughs> But we're, we're a well-armed pacifist, 
I'm a paramedic. Uh, I'm freefall qualified. I'm dive qualified, Drager qualified. Uh, we worked on boats. We worked with the Navy. We worked with the Army. We worked with it. We, I can consider, we whore ourselves out to anybody that needs a medic. Yeah. And so we'll go anywhere, any, any place. And, and we're trained to do it. We're, we're yeah. uh, trained in ropes. We're That's trained crazy. to find rescue. We're confined. Everything that you can think of, uh, they train us in. You're yeah, like, right. You so, like Grey's gray, gray, like um, anatomy. anatomy but you're, just like, <laughs> you're just like everywhere. The Sacred Heart is like you're, you're Dr. Dreamy through the air. Yes. In the water, snow. <laughs> but with a better tan. <laughs> and I think the same same height too maybe. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I think uh, – what's his name? Uh, Darius. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever his name is, you know, that's how we know that we're good because none of us knew his name. Right? So we, all, we all get to keep our man card. And we said, oh, you know, Dr. Dreamy is so, so <laughs> They would deport you guys. Yeah, like, the- you guys be out of Australia right now. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, just for our listeners, you know, I, I guess it's more like our police rescue uh, slash Westpac helicopter for us guys here in Newcastle. Yeah. But we, they're all divided, though, because we've got police divers, we've got – uh, Navy divers, Army divers, then we got Westpac. Like you guys, are literally one person, and in Australia, you guys could make up like 10, 10 different roles. Yeah, so it's just it's fucking it's wild. The, so it used to take a million dollars in two years to make one of us. Wow, now I think shit. it's about two million in two years Fuck. to train, like all the schooling and all that kind of stuff. So it's Fuck. and then constantly, like if I wasn't out rescuing somebody or deployed somewhere, I was training to go rescue somebody yeah. and deploy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's constant school, constant learning. I mean. We shared a computer, you know, like the, we, nobody had an office. We yeah. shared, you know, a team room and there was like two computers in there that everyone could use. Yeah. But most, especially like pre 9-11, yeah. everybody was on like hot or not going, no, <laughs> no, no. I remember that. I remember that hot or not. I, I, was, I can't remember. I was like, what was it? <laughs> it was a like Tinder? early swipe thing, and you're like checking out girls and yeah, essentially, essentially like, yeah, yeah, essentially yeah, Tinder, yeah, but yeah. it was obviously there was no app. It was it was on the internet, really on, on yeah. dial up. Yeah, it was terrible. Hot or not? I've never heard of it. <laughs> probably, probably a little bit young. <laughs> it's old, dude. It's like ninety seven, ninety eight. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, let's get back to it. <laughs> after uh, after two years, um, you, you graduate and then you become a PJ. What, yep. What's the feeling? You know what's funny is I thought that angels would sing and the heavens would part and I'd be like, oh, and and it was nothing like that. It was just like, well, because I was this guy, Mike Mahoney, who my name's Mike Moroney. Yeah. And all the Mahoney's, Moroney's, Maloney's all come from the same part of Ireland. Yeah. And so he was one of the guys that took pity on me and helped me. And he looks at me, he's like, Maroney. He's like, what's your first name? I said, Michael. He's like, he's like, what's your middle name? I'm like, Patrick. This is a Joseph. I'm like, oh. And, and this guy, he was a broke PJ and they had taken away his hat. And as a young student, I'm like going, whoa, fuck those dudes. Get your hat back. Like, oh my God. Like, how did they take your hat? And he's like, Maroney, chill, dude. He's like, a man wears many hats in his life. It's just a hat. And it's a bad hat because it doesn't keep the sun off your face and, you know, it's all hot. It's not comfortable. And I was like, who you are, Sergeant? <laughs> so when I finally got my hat, you know, I, I thought it'd be, and I'm like, it's just a hat. You know, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's a cool, you know, and it's something that I've achieved, I yeah. guess, you know, but at the same time, it's just a hat. So yeah. um, it, it felt pretty good. You know, I had my friends and then we all got stationed in Moody Air Force Base in Georgia, yep. which is a horrible place. <laughs> um 
is a uh, like it's, <laughs> it's by the Okefenokee Swamp. It's in Georgia. Uh, the only good things about it is most of the time I was deployed, and if I was home, it's only an hour drive to the beach. So you know, yeah. we take off Friday night, go surfing, and then come back early Monday morning. Yeah, gotcha. Hectic. So you'll be the only Mexican Irish person in the American Air Force. Is that correct? There's actually a couple of us. We're very rare. Every year I do the caucus for the Irish, Mexican, Native Americans. You know, say how we're all doing. <laughs> That's awesome. But dude, it, I think it's a good, I think I might be in the super race. Yeah, right. think, yeah. they, they just put it all together and then today it works. You should open up an Irish pub that sells tacos in Guinness. Exactly. Wow, that's a, actually a good idea. We're going to patent that right now. We're going to patent that right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I was going right. to say, when I was, uh, I met a general and he said the, the worst thing about Iraq was it didn't have any Irish pubs. And he felt <laughs> that if there had been an Irish pub, that Iraq would have been a much better place. Yeah, mate. It's funny you say that because that's the reason why I think Iraq and Afghanistan were so unhappy. You know, there's no KFC or no McDonald's pubs. and no pubs. And mm. no, if they had all that type of stuff, they wouldn't be so angry. I reckon. No. <laughs> but uh, do you know what they That's do? They need, oil. They've got plenty of oil, which is also good, you know, for everyone else. <laughs> um, so what, what year, um, sorry, what, what year was this once you got you uh, fully qualified? So it was 98, 99. 98, 99. Yeah. Yeah, right. Jesus. And then uh, when, when was your first deployment? Uh, or first job? Let's, let's say that. your first 99. job. Your, oh, your first job. Let's, yep. let's run through that we, first job. So my first jump or my first uh, job? First job, job. As in uh, medic, medic job, saving someone's oh. life. Well, so the first one, and this taught me a really valuable lesson. So before the war, we used to sit in Kuwait, and they called it Southern Watch. Yep. And then we also used to sit in Turkey, and they called that Northern Watch. And we kept, you know, uh, I was going to say Obama. We kept, <laughs> we kept uh, what's that guy's name? Oh, my, man, Sam this is what brain injuries will do to you. Saddam, um, Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> Obama, close. There. Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple of brain injuries, so I'm working on it. <laughs> so we kept them in this place. And so we would sit in Kuwait and just do nothing, like wait for someone to get shot down or, or something bad to happen, but nothing was happening. And there was a, a, a fisherman in the Gulf who had gotten bit by a shark. And so all oh, load up the helicopter and we're going for it. And we're halfway there. When one of the FEs uh, or the FE, the flight engineer is like, I don't have my water wings. So he didn't have his uh, life preserver. Yeah. And I said, well, you can have my life preserver. And he's like, no, well, then you won't have one. I'm like, I don't need one. I'm a PJ. I'm fine. Like, I, I don't need a life preserver. And so we ended up turning back and this guy died. Oh, no. And I was like, I was so mad. Like, I was oh. because here I am, the most well-trained person on the planet. I can save anybody but I can't save anybody if I can't get the helicopter there. And so I learned a valuable lesson. So I always carried two uh, life preservers after that. And I was always like, it didn't matter if I was on land, I had water gear. If I was on in the water, I had my yep. land gear. I always carried more than I needed just in case you never know. Yeah. And, and abs- so what, it was. You're right. You got No, no, go. <laughs> what an absolute shame. Like it's. You know what I mean? That guy could have survived, but oh, oh mate, you just forgot to pack it, and you're more, more than happy to do it. But why didn't you guys just like just keep it hush hush, and then the the healer would have just would have just kept them kept them going out to the Gulf? The 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 flight engineer didn't feel safe, and he said no. What a and, pussy! And anybody in the helicopter at any time can be like, knock it off. Yeah, right. yeah shit. And, and so, but but it taught me like always bring my gear, always yeah. be prepared. Which as a Cub Scout, I'm always prepared. <laughs> and then 
I ended up talking to the chaplain and I'm like, dude, what do I do? You know, like, what do I do? And he's like, just say a prayer. You know, you can't save everybody. It's just not meant yeah. to be. So, you know, you do the best you can. Did, was it my fault? No. Did you do the best you could? Yeah. Okay. Get a good night's sleep. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And I, I, I guess that wouldn't have been, you know, the last for you. You know, you did 5,325-ish uh, rescues. Counting who's counting? <laughs> um, you know, and there probably could have been 10,000 that, you know, there's that many. I wish. Yeah. I, I, I almost was well, like, I know dudes that have more, and it's not so much for the number. It's just that I wish I could have helped more, more people. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like you've, how many people that didn't make it because it's something like that. You couldn't get there yeah. or the weather was bad or this or that. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, that happened a lot, of, especially in Iraq, because in, um, well, in war, the, so if the army gets someone shot down, the army has first dibs on going to rescue them. Yeah. If the Marine Corps has something wrong. So then a couple of times, uh, prideful, the army holding on, go, no, no, we got it. The dudes are already dead. Don't got it. Yeah. And the same thing happened with the Marine Corps. And I'm like, this is stupid. Like how, how we're all together. I mean, yeah. if I ever get shot down, I'm like, send the girl scouts send the cub scouts <laughs> and I'll take any help from yeah. anybody. I'm not that prideful. Yeah. Life is important. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Fuck. Um, and then, um, let's, so let's go to your second, second one, which is the second one, a bit more positive. Yeah. So obviously you learn a, a valuable lesson in your first one. What's your second one? Yeah. Was it a cat uh, in a tree? The second <laughs> one was actually on a flight. Oh, get, so get this. All right. And, and they're doing this again. But we used to do what were called uh, TAL sites, trans uh, transoceanic abort landing sites. So what we would do is we would go wait for the space shuttle to blow up. All right. So they would send us to Morocco, Gambia, France, Spain. And so you're sitting there for two weeks getting drunk with all your friends. That's because hectic. they Dude, it was awesome. Wow. So they bring everybody <laughs> in. And you only work about eight hours the whole time. Yeah, right. And. And so I'm on my way home from, from a towel and a lady had, um, uh, oh man, God, that's 20 years ago. She had, uh, she was, uh, diabetic, oh. but she didn't know she was diabetic and she was just like, Ugh. and so on the flight, I gave her some orange juice with another guy and we got her cognizant again and, and got a history. And it turned out like, she was 34, which me at the time was old because I was only like 23. I'm like, oh, that's like, oh. <laughs> and she's telling me that her mother died at 36 of diabetes. Yeah. And she's, and I'm like, you need to go to your doctor, let him know what happened, what's happening, and, you know, get yourself checked out. And then one of the flight stewards um, broke, not broke, but like slipped a hernia or something on her back, slipped a disc. And so I treated her until we landed, and uh, and then they sent me this really nice letter from the crew and and some flowers and some candy and you know and it was like did you get a phone this number? Is pretty awesome. Say again. Did you get a phone number? The flight hostie? That's no, she, she was a little old for me. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you so your second mission wasn't wasn't as glamorous or wasn't as crazy as like your first one, but nonetheless, you, you could have saved their life. Did you end up finding out what happened to the lady with um, the, 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 uh, the first one? She was good. I, so I passed. Yes. Yeah, so she was fine. The diabetic. Um, and then the, the other lady, I passed her off to paramedics. I passed them both off and, uh, and they were getting, they let me eat all the cookies I wanted because I was sitting awesome. up front awesome. and, yeah. in the jump seat. So I'm just like, <laughs> rewards that's the reward yeah we'll work for cookies <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so um yeah so 2001 comes along obviously this you know 
it's a common you know theme for all of our guests that we've had on, and it, it's just changed everyone's life. Two thousand one, September eleven. Where were you? Do you remember? Yes. So yeah. I was still at Moody Air Force Base, which was a horrible place. Georgia. <laughs> I keep saying that. <laughs> but like, so let me let me paint a picture for you. All right. Prior to nine eleven, we're just doing Northern Watch, Southern Watch. There's nothing really going on, right? So on Fridays, you we'd we'd have one jump. So you jump in the morning. By 1130, everyone's sweeping, cleaning, barbecuing. By two o'clock, I'm home drunk, passed out. I wake up at 730. I go out like this every Friday, Saturday night. If we were home, like this, just you drank and jumped out of planes. And, and that's basically what the Air Force did. They paid me to fall out of planes and get drunk with my friends. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. And then 9-11 happens. And they're like, like, it was, it was a hard day because I was funny as I, I don't know if I'm in tune with the universe or whatever, but sometimes I get like feelings and I was at the gym and I just wasn't feeling it. Like it just, it was, it was, uh, uh. so I, I trotted back home to work. And as I'm walking by the, the uh, team room, the TV's on and I see fire and stuff. I'm like, what? And I stop and I watch as the second plane crashes into the, yeah. the other tower. And I'm like, what? 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 and everybody was like, they're looking at me. I'm looking at them. They're like, dude, that's the second plane. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, we watched this for like 20 minutes. And so I'm like, holy moly. And uh, when a kind of famous PJ, his name is Adam Pope. He's like, boys, we're going to war. And we're like, what? So we started packing our gear. We had dudes gone the next day. Yeah, right. Um, I, I had, my son is actually born on October 11th. And so I had to like, I'm like, Hey, um, I know I volunteered cause I'm, I was gone 320 days a year. I volunteered yeah. for everything. Uh-huh. Where are you going? I'll go. And, and then this is my first son coming born. And I'm like, I can't miss this. If I miss this, somebody's going to kill me. So I, <laughs> you'll need I'm a like, rescue man. <laughs> I'm like, hey, uh, can I, can I go on a second trip? And which was fine because it's not like they were sending us to Missouri or something where nobody wants to go. And, you know, everybody was happy to go. So it was, it was a pretty easy, yeah, yeah. You can go on a second trip. No worries. And so I got to see my son born, but I mean, I remember that that month after 9-11, you know, CNN never turned off. Like yeah. you just staring remember, yeah. at the news. And and I was a big fan of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Yeah. yeah. And and after about a month, he came back on and, you know, started making jokes. I'm like, okay, if Jon Stewart can make jokes, then, you know, the world is still the same and it's okay. And, and that taught me a valuable lesson in that humor is everything. 100%. You know? Especially in, in our line of work, you know, because if you're like, oh, this sucks. Well, okay, it sucks, but at least we're together. Yeah. You know, and then you crack a joke and you stuff like that. And it's like, it's okay. You know, yeah. because they are, it is like a, a tough calling to go into these uh, jobs and, you know, defend things or, you know, do other things. But if you can laugh about it, it's not that bad. Yeah. You know, I, I've, if you can say there is no hope, there's still a little hope because the fact that I can say there is no hope. Yeah. Right? So if I can still use in a sentence or I can smile at you and look over and be like, dude, and we're like, Whoa. you know, but we're together, you yeah. know, and it's, it's a, it's a good, uh, energy sharing and exactly. working together. It's a good vibe. And, yeah. Everyone's just vibing. Um, nine so 11 took what would have been yeah. a great time because <laughs> it was all peacetime into <laughs> Yeah. No, this is where that's it's going. It. Yeah, so it all, you, all your drinking just went to shit because of Osama bin Laden. Thanks, mate. What an Thanks, asshole. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what an well, asshole. Let's talk. About, you know, I'm bummed out. Like in '89, when we left them in the first place, because they're like, "Oh, well, the Russians are leaving. They're fine." That's what we're doing now. Yeah, 
you know, it's just going to create a vacuum. I mean, it's already created a vacuum. They're killing people. Oh, it's, it, Afghanistan yeah. is going to be worse. We'll be 20 back. years from now, we'll probably be back. A hundred percent, mate. It's, it's, yeah. Syria, it's never ending circle. Iraq. Iran might get involved without someone knowing. I don't know. But like, yeah, it's, it's a, just a, a circle of everyone just throwing money into the militaries and the government funded war, war machines. But anyway, we got bloody China to worry about on our shores. So we'll bloody blow like, those <laughs> bastards up. China. Do you guys read much? Yeah, definitely. Try not to. I do, yeah. <laughs> do you, you, you ever read any books on Afghanistan? Uh, negative. Not, no, I'm not, not really. No. Right, so there's hundreds of books. I read about ten of them. Yeah, because there's a lot. Do you know the only person to ever won in Afghanistan? Uh, oh, Alexander the Great. Is this, this is a joke? Alexander the Great. Yeah. And you know how he did it? Uh, no. Cut he heads paid off. Paid them off. Oh, did he? There you go. Yes. Wow. And he had to leave more troops in Afghanistan. Then he took with him into India to guard his supply lines. Yeah. Yep. Shit. Yeah. Well, hmm. Okay. Well, Maybe, um, yeah. What do we buy him off with? We have to start a pavement company and I have like highways running around the place and right, we go over there again. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> that way we can drive next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, so back to it. Uh, your first, you know, active war deployment was Afghanistan. Yep. Yeah, right. Whereabouts and in Afghanistan were you posted? Well, so we were flying out of Pakistan. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we were in a secret base <laughs> in yeah. Pakistan <laughs> Yeah, and and pushed into Afghanistan and, and we're all over the place. That's crazy because essentially you were closer to Osama bin Laden than you thought. He was right next door. Was, I think I had to share coffee with him one day. He's like, hey, I need some sugar. Here you go. I don't, I don't think too many civilians understand, like, Pakistan's a very, very bad place. Like, it's a terrorist hotspot breeding ground. Like, it that's, is bad. That's where the Taliban essentially come from. They just grew up there. It's their yeah. college. Yeah. It's their, it's and their, government sponsored. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can't ask much. So how long was your first appointment in uh, Afghanistan, flying in and out of uh, Pakistan? Four months. Four months, yeah, right. And how four was it? Was it uh, straight straight into the thick of it? It was, yeah. Um, we were, I was there for Roberts Ridge, uh, March 4th, when uh, Neil Roberts, get the two Chinooks get shot down. Yeah, yeah, yeah gotcha, seals. gotcha. Yep. Uh, Alone at Dawn, good book about, yep. Um, yep. So I was in a C-130 circling above that, waiting to go in. That's mad. And the guy who took my spot actually died on that hill that day, Ooh, uh, named Jason Cunningham. Yep. And so we circled until we ran out. Dude, we were 30 seconds away. We were on final. We were going to jump into that. Fuck. And, yeah, and they, were, they, they couldn't afford to stop dropping bombs on them. So they said, no, just wait. So we just circled and circled until we ran out of gas. And then we flew home. And I, once again, felt like a useless, Yeah, here I am, I can do everything and anything, and Same I couldn't do anything. Yeah, that's hectic. <laughs> and then, so obviously that that point, four months, you just continue to do more and more jobs, you know, similar? Obviously, yep. uh, uh, rescue. Picking uh, up people everywhere. Yeah. Gunfights. You know what's funny? I've never shot anybody, nor have I ever pulled my gun. I've been shot at a lot, yeah. but I've never, never shot at anybody. Yeah, right. Was. So, so literally you're just getting off, you know, the helo or jumping in, then you're just running, grabbing who you need to grab as a medic and then getting getting the fuck out of there. You don't have time. Yeah. To, yep. It's a return fire, I suppose. Never had a chance. That's why I had uh, people yeah. with guns on the side of the helicopter. Yeah. Looking after you. They turn it on. Yeah. Hectic. Did you save any Aussies? Did you did you meet up with any, any Aussies? No. I know that a, an Australian SAS guy died while we were there. Yeah. Um, they were out west and they hit that landmine. What year was this? I should have. 
Say again. What year was this? Uh, this was uh, 2002. 2002. Yep. Yep. I think his name was Andy um, uh, West, um, but I know he was out in the West. And I, the the other plane went and jumped in, and they got the uh, the save. Well, they get the save, but they they went in there and tried to help him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's um. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Uh, with, yeah, I was, I was, you guys in the Kiwis, very friendly, very happy. Yeah. You know, yeah. always had some alcohol. Or oh, yeah. We, lo- we love a beer. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. that it's funny because when I was uh, in Afghanistan, that I was getting my, you know, illegal booze from uh, the U.S., they had really? their little yeah. yeah, had their little black market going. Yeah. Perfect. It was expensive. It was like, you know, sixty bucks a carton for tigers, but holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, but but in saying you, that, you, you know, f- for us Aussies, like our money was hectic in Afghanistan. Like we were getting paid like through the roof. Like I yeah. come back with like ninety grand in my bank account and just buy just Whoa. doing Whoa. just doing these ones, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> strip clubs and <laughs> um, it's funny. I I'll, I'll go with maybe the the limitation statute of limitations is done, but we would fly up to uh Karshikanabad, yeah. And I would go, t- I would get off the plane, go to the edge of the runway, and there was a dude at the fence, and he's like, What you want? you know, and I'd buy hats <laughs> and, and the alcohol, and you could buy, I mean, this stuff with jet fuel, I mean, holy <laughs> moly, but but I get it for five bucks, yeah. And, and so then I would, yeah. It, real cheap. So then I would fly, and when we stopped at different places, a PJ that was there would come up, and I'd give it to him, and maybe he gave me five bucks, or maybe he gave me nothing. But I, it was just all about the brotherhood and trying yeah, to take care of that's hectic. <laughs> you you heard the story running. of the beer bunny? No, no. So my, my father was a, a sheriff in Santa Barbara County, and one day he stops these two guys, and uh, they're they're eighteen, nineteen, and it's around Easter. And he's like, are you guys supposed to be drinking? And he said, no, no, officer, this isn't my beer. It's the beer bunnies. I'm holding it for him. <laughs> and my dad says, I am friends with the beer bunny. You know what? I'm going to help you and I'm going to take it and I'll, I'll get to where he needs. And so as, as a, I took the story of the beer bunny. And so on Easter or on holidays, the beer bunny would deliver porn and alcohol to all the good DJs. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I go around and so that in Afghanistan, and somebody even made me little bunny ears, and and I would wear them, and and I just thought, you know, I was just doing God's work, just trying to make you because you're not going to die in a war with no alcohol. Like you need like a little something every once in a while. So I I was trying to take care of everybody, and it, it felt right. So I, I figured like even now they're like, well, we can't punish him because he ain't making money off it. You know, so it's like stay even and fair and like. Plead ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> Just to um, to go back, that Australian SAS soldier Andrew Andrew Russell Andrew Russell is uh, thirty three. He's a sergeant, yeah. as Well, so um, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. Um, uh, so two thousand three. Obviously, the Iraq War kicks off, and here we go again. Different country, you know, completely. Obviously, Afghanistan totally poor and and you know quite you know not Hilly, not made up. Yeah, yeah Hilly up. Pretty shit, pretty shit. Beautiful country, beautiful country. But um, oh, yeah. I love do you. Do you see how many like places you could put like a, a chalet and oh, a snow? It'd be hectic. Oh, like dude, if love- if, they, if they could turn that into a you know yeah. holiday destination, which it was, you know, pre seventies, the eighties, seventies, sixties, it was Before a America. it was a yeah, holiday destination. But you don't want a holiday there now. <laughs> You'll uh, you get, you get an express trip to uh, YouTube. 
<laughs> Al Jazeera News. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dude, do you remember the first time he saw that one and the dude's just yeah. like, oh. And yeah. I'm like, oh my I God. Like, they showed us in the army as well. Like, they'll just show us these. It was funny because I was speaking to someone the other day. They're like, oh. What was the army like back in the you know early two thousands? Like mate, to to get you going, they'd show you you know people getting their heads cut off and yeah, like up. before you do a lesson lock on navigation, they'll do they call it an arousal. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> they, they, they got you they got you aroused. You know, it was like some Chechen rebel cutting someone's head off. I'm like, I did see one in high school. I'm sure that's changed now. They don't do that. Oh anymore. yeah, I remember the whole thing was a Croatian and a Serb. This bloke was in like a cornfield and he had this machete, like a foot long machete, just like hacking this bloke's head yeah. off. And I still, I still see the picture today. He's on like a Nokia phone, all like grainy footage, but he's holding the bloke's head by his head and he's like, he's all these gizzards are hanging out his neck by at least like half, half a foot. And it's yeah. just like, his face was like drawn out. So sorry if anyone's listening to this, but yeah, this is, yeah. Jesus, this is taking a turn. Well, was he, this, if, if Rabbit hole. people kind of knew what was coming, maybe they, maybe the politicians figure out a better way to communicate and, you know, diplomatically yeah. like, not kill people. Yeah. I mean, some people need to die, unfortunately, but yeah. I think that there are ways that we could do something. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I think that there has to be, I don't have the answers and, you know, I, I don't like people when they like armchair quarterback, and, Oh, you should do this. You should do that. But I, I feel like there's something that we could do just a little bit better and maybe we wouldn't have so much bloodshed. Not pull out of these countries is, you know, a good start. We just go in and go in, go in for 15, 20 years and then lose it all. We'd leave and that's it. It goes back to shit again. They always pull just, out. Yeah, we, 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 we always pull it's out. It's always pull out. <laughs> I don't pull out. I've got four kids, so I definitely don't. Uh, let's, uh, we've, yeah, we've gotten, we've started to go down oh, that rabbit sorry. hole, which is, uh, which is de- definitely <laughs> another podcast. That's oh, definitely yeah. could be another podcast about this. How not um, to pull out. Back to Iraq. Uh, obviously, Iraq, a uh, bit of a, you know, essentially, it's not a third world. It wasn't a third world country at that stage. It was Developed wealthy. Fuck, yeah. Gold and Saddam was, you know, living the life. And Oil. it was quite, quite, yeah, quite a wealthy country. The gold wasn't wasn't his though. Just no, no, definitely not. No, nothing, nothing was his. Yeah. He just claimed it. Um, so Iraq kicks off. Uh, you get deployed to Iraq. I, well, so in 2003, I'm in the Philippines, down on the island of Mindanao, uh, fighting the Abu Sayyaf. Yeah, right. who, uh, so after 9-11, you know, and, and we discussed the axis of evil and everybody that was it, these guys said, oh, we're with them. And so, okay, so we went down to the Philippines, and uh, I was on a QRF with a, um ODA team. That's our special forces. Yeah. And we just flew around the Philippines all day looking for fights. But uh, we got shot at, but nothing. Yeah. I, I, I've led kind of a lucky life. I think of myself as like a kamikaze pilot, but I have no target. And I'm just going through life as fast as I can, but I come in peace and I'm not here to hurt anybody. But because I mean, you, you know, what war is, I mean, it's that fast. It's just like that. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm, I'm swerving. I'm not like Neo in the matrix. I'm like, hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> and, and just, it was amazing, you know, cause I, for me, I, I come in peace. Like I'm here to help. Yeah. doesn't matter if you're Afghani, Iraqi, Filipino, women, men, I don't care if your life, it is online and you're losing it. I'm going to help you keep it yeah, awesome. because the the only war that we really should be fighting is one against death. Exactly. And then even that, I mean, if you die, who cares? You're not here anymore. It can't be that bad. 
it's gonna be better in the next place. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that is a very, very good way to, way to look at it, you know. Yeah. Um, so how was uh, Iraq as well? Was that uh- Iraq? So the difference between, like, so in, in in Afghanistan, we threw everything out of the helicopter. Like you're sitting on the extra ammo can. We're getting rid, like, oh, the floor or the armor was gone, like everything because the the heights that we were trying to get to exactly, yeah. were so high, yeah, that you couldn't. So. When we get to Iraq, it becomes we start flying with three to four guys because we're we're now in a city, and if one guy's got to carry somebody, who's going to shoot? Because they're you know, so might take two guys to carry him. So we start flying with more guys, start flying with more weapons, we start flying with more of everything. So it was really, I I liked Iraq too. I mean, I, I because I got I've been to Babylon, I've been to up north. Yeah, yeah, I've been there too. You know. Seen, I, 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 I have a dive mission in the, the Euphrates. There was an EOD tech that was blown up, and um, I'm in the Euphrates River, which is you know the yeah. fertile crescent yeah. and where life started. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I am looking for. I, I love. It was a really good. I mean, it, it sounds weird. Like I always prayed. I'm like, I, I need to work. I, lo- I want to work. I want to help people, but don't make them hurt. Like maybe just have to put a bandaid on them. You know, I'm just, I'm just there to help them just a little bit. Cause I didn't want to ever be responsible for somebody else being hurt. Yeah. But I, you know, you want to do your job. You're trained to do something yeah. and sitting around playing Xbox all day, you know, or getting a tan. You're like, <laughs> Oh, you know, I'd like to work, but yeah. you felt guilty. Yeah. So when you, you did work, it was kind of rough. Yeah. Every every time you got the call to go out to, to save someone or to patch someone up, was there ever a time when you thought like, fuck, I haven't done that before or I haven't done that in a long time or how am I going to do it? Then when you get there, it's just a completely different scenario. You're like, fuck, this is a lot, lot worse than what I thought. Every single time. Fuck. Dude, yeah. every time. Because like the... I don't know if it's radio transmissions or people don't know how to communicate. Chinese whispers. It was never... It was never what they said we were going into. Yeah. Fuck. Well, wow. obviously, you're obviously prepared for like the worst. So the helo you go on or the airplane you go on, you've got like a whole whole bag full of just like kit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have what's called a medruck. Okay. And it's a, it's an Alice pack that's just jammed with Everything. with all your medical stuff and then all the ammo and then all the water that I can take. Yeah. Fuck. Hectic. Because I, I saw Black Hawk down, so I never went without <laughs> batteries. The water. MBG. <laughs> Body, yeah, yeah. body armor. I had the sink, man. I had everything. My pack was huge. Yeah, right. But I never wanted to be without, you know, because what happens if the dude's dying for something? Yeah. And I'm like, I forgot that. That's Black Hawk down. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Look how many lives that changed. Just, you know, about, you know, taking extra stuff. It's funny because we, we, I've been speaking to uh, Mike Durant and he's going to come in for a podcast, which is going to be sick. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Durant we won't leave you behind. <laughs> Um, so we're pumped for that and we had uh we had brad thomas on as well he was uh one of the rangers on the ground in smile which is which is pretty cool yeah but um i was gonna say did you guys see the the youtube video where they went back no yeah i did actually yeah it was uh jeff struger jeff struger yeah we're gonna have to yeah dude that was emotional yeah that's um it's it's it It hasn't changed smile no no, no, it definitely hasn't changed. It's still plenty. Yeah. <laughs> it's still, it's still, still hectic. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did see that YouTube video where they go back through the streets and they're like, "Yeah, that's the building there. Well, that's where they crashed." That's site it. Was. Yeah, it'd be Fuck. you know. It, it, I, I kind of see that sometimes. I like maybe one day I'll go back to Afghanistan. You know, like where you know what you know the in the whole this area of operation. Happens. Yeah, this is where this, this is happened. Where, or, or I got shot at. Yada yada. This um, is- yeah. You know, I spent the last couple of years in Baghdad and or, um, Baghdad and Kabul doing private security stuff. So I was kind of lucky to get back into Baghdad and see it all and, you know, just 
reminisce yeah. in a way, yeah. which is uh, yeah. which is crazy. I I love the view from a helicopter. Yeah, like you're you're, you see you're 100 everything. feet above the ground, and it's you like, just yeah. see everything. It's, it, there's an open window. It's literally just everything. Yeah, that's cool. That's hectic. And it, I always felt kind of voyeuristic because I mean I've seen women beating their rugs behind the yard as the kids are playing or chickens are running around. And I mean, you get to see everything because nobody, you know, I don't can't that, stop yeah. from the sky. Yeah. And so you, you see all these people having regular lives, yeah. you know, or, or do something. And I'm like, wow, like you live in Baghdad and you know, I'm, I'm in full up armor and, you know, trying not to get killed. And you're just like, mm-hmm, you know, walking your goat or whatever. I'm like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. though, isn't it? Like you hit the nail right on the head. Just like, that's how they are. Well, um, more times often than not, were you always in the helo, or did you ever do like jumps coming out of a plane? Or was it easier, faster for the helo to take off? Obviously. So I did the first um, uh, deployment in Iraq, and Iraq, sorry, into Afghanistan was on a C one thirty, and after getting denied my two jump missions and and just seeing the bureaucracy of flying around in an airplane, I'm like, friends don't let friends fly fixed wing. And I always stayed with helicopters. Like yeah. helicopters was my, I refused to go on a C-130. I yeah. mean, I'll go for a jump, you know, we're jumping Fridays or something, but I, all my missions were on helicopters. Cause I, to me, for me, the C-130 mission was a waste, but I have friends who have jumps and got to help people. So for them, it wasn't, but yeah. overall, I, I just, I like I like helicopters. Was I it, like being able to just, ease, you know, put it, it down. Yeah. Yeah. put it down anywhere, pick up and go. Yeah. Were you not Chinooks, Blackhawks? Yes, I did both. Yeah, sick. And and in the Philippines, I flew in Hueys. Fucking and, and when I was getting out, they I love helicopters. They're just yeah. they're a blast. Hueys are scary though. They they're a scary bit of machinery. No, no, you just make sure that they're still leaking oil. <laughs> <laughs> you only have to worry if they stop leaking oil. Yeah, that's it. If there's no rust, then it's uh, it's not a good it's not a good <laughs> helicopter. You got no oil left. <laughs> and I love the Chinooks, forty sixes and forty sevens. Yeah, there's so cool. much room. Yeah, you know, and they're they're fun. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, they are cool. Beast, the beast. Um, yeah. So post Iraq, uh, Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, a massive, you know, one of the biggest disasters to happen in the U.S. Was that 2006 2005? Was that 2006? 2005. 2005. Yeah. So, obviously, we, you're back in America at that stage. Georgia? Still too. No, no, no. I'm in Vegas at this time. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Here yeah, we yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be another podcast. <laughs> I I just gotten back from uh, Kandahar. And I was not in a good mood. Every deployment got successively worse than the previous one. Yep. And this last one, 2005, we're in Kandahar and we went 22 days straight and we didn't save anybody. Like everybody was dead. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm pretty much depressed and probably got a little PTSD at this point, but I don't know it because I'm still healthy enough to keep moving and I'm still busy enough that it's not, you know, sinking in. And so we get home and, and we're on leave and everybody's, you know, having a good time. And we had just gotten back off of leave and this giant storm's coming up the, the Gulf and they're like, pack your bags, we're leaving. And within 18 hours, we left. And within 24 hours, I was above New Orleans picking up people. Yeah, right. And I, I don't know about you guys, uh, you know, because a lot of people here in America are like, oh, we, we let all those people suffer, blah, blah, blah. It was the states and the governor and their people that let them down because we launched, we had no orders. I have never yeah. left anywhere 
that didn't have orders and went through some deployment line and all kinds of other, mm-hmm. you know, BS. They're like, we're going now. And, and when the guys are like, we don't have any orders, you're on verbal orders. Don't worry about it. And so we did the best we could. And it was kind of awesome because like everybody was there. There was some dude named Bubba and he was flying around, brought his own helicopter. Fuck the California yeah. Highway Patrol came. Um, some game warden from uh, Wyoming. Like everybody came and yeah. was doing everything that they could. And, and it was just awesome because up until that point, all of my disasters have been in other countries. Yeah. And it's not that, you know, other countries aren't that, but this was like, uh, so we, before the war and even during the war, we would do paramedic rotations in new Orleans. So we'd be there for a month at a time, which that could be another podcast. Cause that was a good time. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> what, dude, the, the health department in new Orleans doesn't pay for alcohol. Oh. So we went out all the time and all of our alcohol was free. Was yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So I, I had, I, I, so wherever I lay my head that night is my home. And, and that's how I stayed not being homesick. There's only one time I got homesick and it was just too long of a trip. But every other time I'm like, this is my home. This yeah. is my home, you know? And so New Orleans was kind of a home to me. And, and the people there, I knew people. Uh, what's funny is there was a lady, I helped deliver her baby on one of my rotations. And I picked her up during Katrina. Yeah, right. And and I, I get her into the helicopter and she's like, boo. And I'm like, hey, give me a hug. I mean, it was crazy. That's heck. So, like, what a way to, you know, see someone again. And then you're rescuing yeah. again, yeah. essentially. Again. Yeah. Yeah. So how many people in Hurricane Katrina did you actually rescue? And that's that, like, how, how long were you there for? How long were you guys tasked there for? So we ended weeks. up being there about three weeks. Yeah. But after two weeks, there really wasn't much. We were just maybe shuttling around, moving people, helping them out. But the first seven days was like chaos. We, we had planes flying 24 hours a day and it was the wild west. I mean, there just were helicopters everywhere. And everything was underwater. Yeah. And then everything was on fire. So it was underwater and on fire or on fire and just smoke everywhere. People in trees, people in buildings. The water was so high that the the roofs of the buildings looked like stepping stones. Yeah. Like right it, in my mind and, and, you know, the picture was only this big. And I'm grateful for that because if you could see everything, it was just like, the whole place is just destroyed. And then as bad as New Orleans was, when we went to Mississippi over Keesler, it looked like God just went and everything from where the the coastline normally was a mile in was like the face of the moon. There was nothing standing. It was just all demolished. And then at a mile up the beach, you know, on land, uh, matchsticks, just boats and houses and cars and just carnage everywhere. And I, I think that like, for me, I, I, I'm able to focus when I'm working, you know, I'm, I'm, it's not blood, it's water, it's oil. It's, you know, I'm not worried about people like, Oh, aren't you worried about AIDS? No, I'm worried about human life. Like it doesn't matter if I die because I got AIDS from helping somebody. I figure that's a sure shot to heaven because you know, you were doing the right thing and it's, and it's okay. So I'm like, all right, I can, I can live with that. And so it just to see all that destruction, but all the years I call my deployments, this is my, uh, um, okay. Okay. Uh, my, um, dang it. All my deployments. What do I call them? 
it was like a rock tour and it was my uh, devastation tour. That's right, because <laughs> my world devastation tour, because everything that I went was just destroyed. Yeah. That's yeah. So still that's, to this day, is there still remnants of the um of the storm? Is there still yeah, houses? Definitely, yeah, I've been there. I've I've I was really? only there a couple of years ago, and it's just ah, there's it's there's like whole little suburbs that are still condemned. What literally just fuck? just homeless people living in these busted old houses? Of the, yeah, the government, like the like the state. Oh, it's better both. Yeah. I would think because, you know, what are they going to do? People don't have the money to come back to the house, so they can't yeah. fix it. And it's got mold and, you know, I, I think that hurricanes are God's way of saying move away from there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Right? Because Florida, bleh, Mississippi, bleh, Alabama, bleh, Louisiana, bleh, you know, parts <laughs> of Texas, bleh. like do not go to those places. Move away. Go yeah. someplace better. It's, yeah, it seems like sense. you're pretty like in, in the US. Like everywhere you live, there's there's just something. Whereas we're kind of lucky here in Australia. We don't really have too much. All we have is African gangs. It's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, they're in Melbourne. Though. <laughs> well, we'll just go to Perth then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, Perth's actually, nice. Perth, Perth is nice. Perth is quite nice. It's, it's just too hot, though. It is. It does get too hot there. And it's about four hours behind the rest of Australia. So when something happens, you got to wait four hours, and it's, a, it's pain. It's just a pain in the house. But it is. It is. It is quite nice, Perth. Um, when you uh, Google your name, obviously there's one uh, pretty strong image that pops up. It's you uh, receiving, you know, a, a hug from a, a young girl from that from uh, the hurricane that you've uh, obviously rescued. Give us a, a rundown on that story. So it was the sixth day uh, after Katrina hit and we're flying around. And on the third day, I'd end up drinking some water. Well, if you can call it water. It wasn't really water, but the things that we were swimming in. The, imagine, right, imagine this. It smelled like the sewer. It kind of had a water gooey consistency and it had everything. I mean, just dirty, nasty, bad. I mean, so the sewage backed up. Lake Pontchartrain is a brackish river lake. So that's in there. Everything that's in your car, your acid, your, you know, uh, Battery acid, not acid. I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dropping acid. <laughs> gas, oil, like everything. Yeah. And that's what we were swimming in. And there were alligators swimming around eating bodies. I mean, I just, I take it, it was not fun. Oh. And that's what I was swimming in. And I, and I, I seemed to smile a lot and I was smiling and I got this big old gulp. <laughs> and for 21 days, my stomach, my stomach still has issues today. No way. From, yeah. So wow. don't drink any flood water. Yeah, I try <laughs> right? not to. <laughs> so it's it's six days in. Um, I hadn't slept in three days because my stomach is killing me and I couldn't get comfortable. And um, my roommate, uh, who I love to death, but he snores. So if I didn't get to sleep before him, I mean, yeah. like a train. <laughs> I talked to his wife and I'm like, how do you sleep with him? She's like, I, I have this. <laughs> like, yeah. And so I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. I'm only drinking water, Gatorade and Dr. Pepper because I need the sugar and, you know, a little bit of electrolytes to keep going. And we pick up this poor gentleman who's having a heart attack and they didn't want us to treat anybody because they were afraid we'd get sued. And so the only thing I could do is I, I covered his eyes and, and told the pilot we need to fly faster. And we dropped him off and it's eight o'clock in the morning and my head is just like, oh my God, like how many other people were out there that we can't help? And um, at about 10 o'clock, we pick up this drunk guy 
and he's kind enough to tell us, hey, my neighbors, they're, they're two little old ladies. They have no power, no nothing, and nobody knows they're there. So they lower me down. And sure enough, one of the ladies has been in a coma for seven years Wow! and is laying in the bed. So, but nobody knew where they were there. What the fuck? So I pick her up, her and I go up, I come back down, I get her sister. We drop them off at the airport. And in my head, I'm like, how many people are out there that don't have a nice neighbor that's kind enough to be like, Hey, I got neighbors. Will we go help them? And I'm like, Oh, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like thoroughly depressed at this point. And we're flying east of the Superdome and we come around this corner of these trees and I see this family in the water. And so they, they lower me down to them. And, and what I used to like to do is I would come down upside down and then the last minute I would, I would stick my landing, you know, like a, like a gymnast. Yeah. And, and no, everybody always looks at me like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I came up with this joke because uh, I, I saw a movie once and it said, if you ever hear someone say, I'm here from the government, I'm here to help, you should run. Yeah. <laughs> so I would, I'm like, I'm here from the government. I'm here to help. You know, did you pay your taxes this year? <laughs> I'm your tax return. <laughs> and there's this cute little girl, little pigtails, pink shirt, big smile. And, and up until this point, you know, I'm, I'm not doing very well. It's been a rough day and she's smiling. And for me, it was like, this girl just survived six days in a storm, you know, who knows how long they've had no food or water. So she can smile. Then I can smile. Yeah. And so I look at her, I'm like, Hey, you've been on a helicopter. And she's like, no. I said, do you want to go on a helicopter? She's like, yes. <laughs> and I wrapped her up with the strap and, and I gave the signal and, and we were going up. And as we were going up, she's wiggling out of my hands going, there's my school, there's my house, yeah, there's my wrong. church, there's a grocery <laughs> store. Cause under a helicopter, you've got that beautiful yeah. panoramic. You can see everything. And I mean, it's, it's beautiful. If you ever get a chance to ride in a helicopter uh, for your listeners, please go do it. Yeah. You'll, you'll thank me. Yeah. That's cool. And, and we, we get her whole family up and her mom's crying and the little girl rubs her mom's back and says, it's okay, mom, we're safe now. Oh, it's nice. And to me, she was also talking to me, you know, I'm not in Iraq. I'm not in Afghanistan. Nobody's shooting at me. I'm safe, you know, so I'm, I, I was able to kind of chill out a little bit. And so then when we drop, when we go to the airport, I go to pick her up to get her off the helicopter and she just wrapped me up in this hug. And I was like, mm. and yeah. it like nothing hurt, like yeah. everything just felt good. And I was, I was at peace and then I put her down and then it was done. And I had to go work another six hours of flying around, picking up people. Yeah. Right. Isn't it crazy that, you know, a three, four year old girl, you know, almost made you change the way you thought, you know, moving forward in life as well. It's just, it's, that's, that's why kids are just beautiful. Like they're honestly, you know, they don't care about color. They don't care about creed. They don't care about this. They don't care about that. They just want to see people happy. Yeah, yeah. And she did it. Yeah. And then, and then you know, the photo that we see, you know, on Google is you with her 15, 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2015, 2000, so about five years after Katrina, I started putting out like, Hey, has anyone ever seen this girl? Oh, you're or, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And nothing like nobody, nothing. I got 52 likes the most one year. And I was pretty excited about that. Yeah. And, and at the nine year uh, mark, uh, a young man named Andrew, he, he writes me and he says, Hey, it's my life's mission. I'm going to help you find her. 
And I wrote him back. I'm like, dude, that's super cool. You, I appreciate it. But I've been looking for, for nine years. So good luck. Mm. The next day he gets 3,300 likes on Instagram, blows up the uh, Washington Post and the Air Force Times are like, hey, and within six months we find her. Yeah, right. Hectic. And she's thriving, just doing well in life. They're, they're doing well. Yes, she's um, so she's nineteen twenty now. Yep. She's going to uh, nursing school, and her family and everybody's doing well. That's awesome, man. You contribute to the, you know that life, which is uh, yeah, it's cool, it's cool could, thing. Yeah, the feeling you, you, know, you get from it would be amazing. I, I once spoke to a, a guy at a um, at a concert, and he goes, "I, I got nothing but deaths. You know, I, I don't have. Any, I wish that I had your kind of." like what happened to you. And, and that made me real like how lucky I am that I don't have, I mean, I, I got some things in my head, you know, yeah. that I've seen, but, but I also don't have a lot of things that a lot of my friends, you know, that I'm like, dude, like I'm, I'm so happy. I didn't have your life. I'm, yeah. I'm good with mine. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not, it could always be worse. You know, I'm, I'm always, I'm a half positive, half hopeful. Like I'm like, eh, it could always be worse. And you just kind of, turn that frown upside down and, you know, be happy. Did most of us not die today? Okay. It's a good day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the funny thing is, you know, us coming from the military as well, we've seen parts of the world and like yourself where you looked at and, you know, you're looking down from the helicopter going, shit, look how hard they've got it. You know, they're doing a lot tougher than what I am. I, I get to fly back to a base, have a, you know, a hot shower, a hot feed. Yeah. Whereas, you know, yeah. some parts of these worlds, you know, people don't even, not, not even a chance of having a hot feed, you know, or, you know, and in some place, I was watching something on YouTube the other day, actually. There's this, where is it? Uh, in um, Haiti, where they eat those mud cakes. Have you seen? Have you seen? Yeah, that's hectic. Actual mud. It's mud. Yeah, they, I don't know. They make these cakes out of mud because that's all they can do. What the fuck? Yeah. That's all they got. Yeah. yeah. And there's actually another one in the Philippines, actually. They uh, they call it uh, Pag Pag Pag. And literally, it's just. Um, Chicken and stuff they picked up from the rubbish and they recook it and sell oh, it. Fuck, it's hectic, hectic. So you know, yeah. as you said before, like it's just we got it, we got it, we got we've, it we've got it pretty good. We've got it pretty good. So it's, and you know, it's funny because that's how we started this podcast. It's you know, try and make people you know less worried about you know what's happening. You know, there's shitty things in the world. Like yeah. my coffee's too cold or my steak's not cooked correctly. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get angry yeah. at the waiter for this. You know, like exactly. let's just calm down a bit and you know appreciate life. Well, appreciate that you've got a life. Which is, What's what I tell people? I'm like, dude, being born in America and Australia too, it's winning the lottery. It is. You yeah. know, there are so many other places that you could be born and yeah. it's like, this is as good as it gets. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, spot on. Yeah, exactly. Can we just touch on the lady that was in the coma for, for seven years? Now, I think that is absolutely crazy. Like. Is that normal f- to stay at home for seven years to be in a coma? Yeah, I'm not sure that's uh, legal here in Australia. How, like, her, her sister, imagine yeah. going out for the day and go, oh, yeah, Nancy's Nancy's asleep still. Like, fuck, like, and just, I think that's wild. <laughs> so they had a feeding tube for her. Oh, fuck. And she was breathing. She just, they, they were poor. They couldn't afford to Hospital. put her yeah. in a home. That's wow. Yeah. So seven the, years. I think they had, like, hospice care and, yeah, and yeah. they would, you know, come check on her. But that that was like normal for her. It was fuck. That was a pretty rough one. Yeah, yeah, that is hectic. 
All right. Well, um, you know, we've been talking for a good hour and uh, ten minutes, and it's been it's been awesome. It's been, Absolutely, yeah. it's been funny. It's, it's been funny too, which is awesome. <laughs> and that, yeah, we, we we just love that intensity and you know the the charisma that you've got, which is which is awesome. So just to you know start wrapping it up, we've got two questions that we generally ask our um our uh, our guests. Uh, first question is. You know, what motivation, you know, what advice can you give to people to, uh, you know, complete the goals, you know, keep keep on keeping on. You know, essentially, you know, you went through uh, pararescue training, you failed and they basically took, called you a dork for, you know, messing up on one thing, but you just, you're just like, fuck it, you know what, I'm going to keep doing it, yeah. keep doing it. And not to mention, yeah. you're a paramedic, mate, and you've saved that many lives. It's it's motivational. So I think, so I have, it's, it's kind of a, a bunch of things, but so Bruce Lee says, as long as you learn, there is no defeat. All right. The army field manual says, as long as you're not dead, you haven't been defeated. Yeah. And I believe that a person with a purpose cannot be defeated. Yeah. So if you keep all that in mind and, and somebody has to go through this or somebody has to do this, why not be me? Yeah. Right. Because I don't want someone else to suffer. I don't want someone. So I got to be the best that I can. And then I was, I was, a Cub Scout when I was younger. And, and, um, I think it was positive brainwashing in that be prepared. Right. So my entire life I've, I've tried to be prepared. And then I was surrounded by people who, you know, either hit me with a stick or taught me how to have a good work ethic and just work, work, work. Yeah. But, or so I I think back and and some people don't like this, but, um, over the concentration camp, they had our bite mock fry, right. Work will set you free. Yeah. All right hard work will set you free. If you do what you're supposed to do while you're here. And I think that if people actually did what they were supposed to do, the world would be a much better place, you know, pull your weight and do what you're supposed to do instead of like being lazy or chasing money or, you know, do something with your life and, and make the world a better place. And as long as if everybody just tried just a little bit or cared just a little bit or did just a little bit more, you know, it'd be great. Uh, exactly. We need more of you in the world, I think. You got any brothers? <laughs> <laughs> DNA clone. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, our second question um, is, you know, what, what are you doing in the present day and what, what, where do you see Mike in the future? What, what's his plans? You're going to love this. <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Does it include booze? And then, no, I was, I, I was, I was, I was taught that if you have a reason to drink that you shouldn't drink. Yeah. And, and I had a lot of reasons to drink. So I stopped drinking. Plus I love root beer floats and tortillas. Yeah. So I figured that I, I balanced, you know, I'm not taking in the empty calories of alcohol and, and then dude, uh, hangovers just got so bad. Yeah, like, yeah, like, oh, they do. Yeah. God. I stopped drinking as well. Same and thing. They hurt. So, <laughs> yeah. so I stopped drinking, but I have two more working days. And I am done working and I retire with yeah. the Air Force. Air Force or- with the Air Well, I retired from the Air Force uh, in 17. Yeah. I just got my 100% from the VA well and I've had a GS job. I was a civilian pararescue instructor Heck. and I am retiring. I have two more working days and I am done. Yeah. And um, so I, I can uh, see the light at the end of the tunnel. And um, so what has been going on is my wife and I, She's a counselor. She does bioneurofeedback, so shorts with uh, kids with autism or yep. people with brain injuries. And because the brain is a muscle and she works with them and makes them better. And she's worked with me because uh, I, I have a number of brain injuries from hitting my head too many times uh, over there. 
And so what we do is we work with young people who want to join the military. Uh, lately, I've been pushing everybody to be a Coast Guard rescue swimmer. I'm like, look, we don't have to go to war. You don't have to carry a gun. You defend the country. You live by the beach. Yeah. Like to me, rescue swimmer, if I had to do it now, that's what I would do. Yeah. Right. If I had to do everything over again, you know, 30 years ago, I would do exactly how I did it. Maybe a couple of things may have changed, but now I'd be a Coast Guard rescue swimmer. And so we're working with people trying to, you know, mind, body, spirit, work with them. So that way they don't have PTSD issues. So they're, they learn to start communicating. So they learn to start trusting, you know, I'm like, you need to find someone you can talk to. And this is someone that you can tell the worst things that you know, or see or thought and excuse me, and they don't judge you. You yeah. know, they're, they're like, okay. And, and that's what Shanda has been for me. And, and so it's been awesome to have, um, you guys ever read Gates of Fire? No. It's a, it's a store, epic story about the uh, Spartans and the Greeks at Thermopylae. Yep. And uh, the Spartans had an idea that it was called a dais. And what they would do was they'd put a a young guy with an old guy, a quick guy with a strong guy. What you do is you put people with different weaknesses and together we don't have a weakness because you cover for me and I cover for you. Yeah. And, and so she, she is my dais and helps me get through things, you know, and, and is my, you know, I, I ask her questions like, Hey, should I talk about this? And she's like, no, you should not talk about that. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm okay for having this. She's like, yeah, you're okay. Like if, if people knew where the thought came from, they'd be like, okay, it's okay. But you shouldn't tell anybody about this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, go. If, if you want to tell us, you know, this, this, this is a safe, safe space. Um, <laughs> so go ahead and tell us. Okay. All right. So this is a game that I have. I developed it when I was younger and it's who would I rather be molested by? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us who are like, they? <laughs> aunts, cousins, some lady walking down the street. Very much preferable to whoever. We didn't talk about this before. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, just to go back to the the Navy Coast Guard swimmers, would you be your, would you consider yourself to be a Kevin Costner or a Ashton Kutcher for the uh, the uh, Guardian film? Oh, mm. would you be the old head yeah, or the young boy? Well, so as a PJ, I would have been figured out some way to get Kevin Costner up the plane instead of like, ah. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. That, that yeah. was horrible. Yeah. That was, oh, but I don't like Ashton Kutcher. I think he's a horrible human being. Yeah, you know, anyone that would do prank and all that stuff, it's, it's just too much. Plus, yeah. he's got Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis is the only person that. Um, I wouldn't want to be molested by because I would molest her. Like, like, I mean, like, this is a safe place. Oh shit! That's awesome. Um, so two days left, um, and then you're going to retire. What's like your hobbies, your plans? You're going to go get a so RV and go moving. Around? Are you going to move back to California? Moving to Australia? I'm going surfing. Yeah, I'm I'm growing plants. I'm working yeah. with Girl. people. I'm and I'm, I'm, de- dude, I'm never working the rest of my life. I'm just peace, happy, and, and balanced. Yeah, Hectic. awesome. That's yeah, Fuck that's yeah. that's the Californian spirit, right it's there. Cal- California it? dream. It, it is my dream. Surfing, horticulture, <laughs> green thumb. <laughs> I, I tell people, I'm like, it's so worth it. If you can do 20 years and and get that paycheck for the rest of your life, it's worth it. You know, uh, go guard reserve. 
Yeah. Um, you, you, it's a lot easier. It's happier. You know, you don't have to stab each other in the back to make rank. You just got to wait for the guy above you to die. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a good way to go. And, and what the air force has given me, you know, a middle-class lifestyle in perpetuity. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just learn to live with what you got. You know, I mean, Beamers are nice, but I like Volkswagens, you know, yeah. why drive something that's $50,000 when you get it for 24? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So your VA, um, just, I don't know too much about it. Is that your veteran affairs? Is that what that is? Yes, sir. So that's your, your pension after 20 years. Heck, yeah. So I think the Australian defense will stop that in 97. So if you didn't join before 97, yeah. you didn't get it. So you had to do 20 years. Yeah. Australia yeah. sucks, man. Like so, just, They've, wow. yeah, they've so if, if the pension was still around in like the Navy, Army, Air Force, I would, I would still be in today. I would have stayed in And like well. their retention bonuses would be – like their, yeah. their retention would be through. Because I know at the moment, I was chatting to a mate last week, we've got five ships up on like the hard stand because we don't have sailors because they, they can't get sailors. They can't keep, keep sailors in. Wow. True story. And it's like, bring back the fucking pension. Like, fuck. Yeah, I'd say for sure. Oh, 100%. So – but that's something that's like – And see that – It's, yeah. Yeah. That, that that kind of goes along with my thought of like, what if we all said, no, we're not going to join the military, but we all join the Coast Guard. Yeah. Like we'll defend the place, yeah. but we're not going to go kill people so you can make more money. Yeah. You work at Macca's or Subway or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Righto. Um, um, that, mate, yeah, mate. This has like, been, been, been yeah, fun. I'll, I'll, yeah. This has been awesome. Absolutely awesome, mate. You, you, we definitely, <laughs> yeah, we definitely, yeah. Oh, we, hit, we hit a good We'll here. definitely come try one. some of these plants one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys come to America, man. Oh, no, no, no. Not those kind of plants. Oh, <laughs> oh, <great. laughs> oh right. We, we thought you were talking about, you know, what the uh, special tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I love my tomato. Dude, we've got some really good tomatoes. You ever, you ever had an heirloom tomato? No, never heard of them. Mm, yeah, I, I've heard of it, yeah. The big, yeah, they're, the big old suckers. purple red. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, dude. And I, I got 14 tomato plants, and we've been eating, oh, they've been so good. A little yeah, bit right. of salt, you know, and yeah. just perfect. Yeah, yeah. nice. Oh, Jeez, shit. We'll, we'll have to tr- come try those instead. We're going to have to come over to uh, t- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I plan on, I, I mean, I have the next year planned, but I'll be in Hawaii. I'll be in California. I'll be in the Dominican. I'll be just bouncing around, you know, a month or two here, a month or two there yeah. and just enjoying and appreciating life. So, I mean, I'll keep in contact with you guys. If yeah. hundred percent. Feel free to like, you're like, Hey, I need a vacation. Like, yeah. Hey, meet me here. Well, I'll be, uh, I'll be actually in the U S uh, August for about two or three months with nitro circus. So. Oh, I, nice. Yeah, we can do. Yeah. I do their security. I've been doing it for the last six, seven uh, years. So I tour around the world with them. So I'll go over there and we got, we got about 29 shows I think we're going to be doing. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be there. So I'll definitely keep in contact and come try some of these tomatoes. Mm. And I'll, Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, all right, mate, that was, that was fucking sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I fucking love that one. Thank you. It's awesome. I, it was my, I had a blast. You guys are awesome. I feel like we're friends. Yeah, like, no, I, definitely. I you no, if we, if we were sharing together, we, it wouldn't be weird. It would just be a <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll be the little spoon. Right. <laughs> who would molest who? <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Well, uh, thanks It'd for coming on. Mexican standoff. Yeah. <laughs> Mexican, Mexican, Irish, yeah. Australian we're, standoff. We're waiting for this pub. We'll wait for the pub. <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks for uh, thanks for giving us your time, and uh, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Keep doing what you're doing. Catch it's you, mate. Good stuff. Zap. Yeah. Wowzers.
How about that? How, that, that was fucking fun. How cool is he? He's just the he's, most coolest Mexican, <laughs> Irish, five foot five Texan he, going around town. He just, you know, he just had that, you know, the that energy. It's, yeah. it's that energy I wanted to be around, you know, like he as did, if we didn't just, stop smiling the yeah. whole time. You know, the he's the video. type of guy you'd take him to the pub and you'd be there all day just spinning stories. Anyone's and, mate. Be anyone's mate like, <laughs> who would like to molest who? What the fuck? He comes like, well, shit, how old was he when he thought of that? Yeah, He's young. I know, but it's funny though because that's like a military thing as well. You yeah. know, you come up with these, you know, it's who like, would, would you're, you're stuck in a room? Who would you, would you fuck her, Shane? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> would you, yeah, what about her, Shane? Oh, we we'll give, we'll give you a YouTube and lick, lick yeah. her asshole. Oh, right, I know. But it's same but, um, thing. It's just like the fucking. It's just that's how he thought process. I suppose. Yeah, it's just it, keeping the boredom at bay. And as he said, like it's that person he. Th- you know, he grew up to be and, you know, even the Air Force, like, are you sure, like, you're going to get yeah, through yeah. this? And, you know, he excelled. The perseverance. Yep. With the perseverance, yeah. Ankle. He, um, you know, become one of the best, you know, uh, you know, rescue men out there, at, yeah. essentially, you know, 5,300-ish um, yeah. rescues. rescues. You know, he said there was multiple that they didn't get, which is, you know, quite sad. Um, no, that's the reality of war. Yeah, the reality of war. And, you know, again, like he said, you know, he, not only in the US or Iraq, Afghanistan, it was the Philippines, home, and, yeah. uh, you know, throughout okay, the US, you know, everywhere, which is crazy. And, um, you know, and then, you know, a turning point was when he, you know, saved that little girl and then tried to track her down nine years. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? And then found her and, ah. you know, doing well. So it's one of those connections that I guess that'll live with him for the rest of his life, which is, yeah. you know, pretty cool. And I guess, you know, He's had what a very colourful career. Yeah. Like, as in, people think of the Air Force here in Australia, they call them, like, the Chair Force. And, yeah, look, I don't know, the Air Force might, might go places. The Navy, we definitely travel. The Army travel as well. I'm not saying the Air Force don't travel, but you look at the other, like, the US, like, the, sorry, USAF, United States Air Force, um, and they just, like, you got you got blokes like him, and they just go, dude, cool stuff. You were waiting in France for a heli- for the space, space shuttle to, like, come out of the sky and to go over and save me. He was in yeah. France for two weeks, just getting pissed, you know? Yeah. I think that's fucking yeah. sick. No, he's... um. Yeah, it, for our listeners, like this is one of those guys you just need to listen to, and you know the type of person you almost want to be around always. Like he's just yeah, you know the bloke you work with, and you like I like the thing like the uh, like the bar Tesla like the twelve hour layover. If you think, would you want to be with him at a bar for twelve hours waiting waiting, waiting yeah. for a plane? Yeah, you would. Yeah, you know, someone at work. Yeah, fuck That's no. it, and not not to mention you know, if you had a heart attack or something, or that, that you know, had, got your leg. I don't know. Chewed off, crush your leg, or a yeah. bear come along, ate your leg. He, he'd be the guy, you know. You want to Good bloody save you, save you. But um, you know, if you want to, you know, follow uh, Mike, you can jump onto. Um, I'm pretty sure he's on Instagram. Uh, it's uh, M. Sorry, it is uh, just Maroney. Is his you got spelling um, there? Yeah, it's just Maroney. I thought there was uh, a mic in front, but there's not. It's just Maroney. Uh, he's on Instagram, so give him a follow and you know reach out to him. Um. Also, if, you know, for us, um, if you want to listen to this podcast or uh, previous podcasts, you can jump on to uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, you know, and the likes. There's a link on our uh, Instagram that will put you out to uh, a lot of these uh, platforms. Um, again, you can follow us on uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook and, you know, give us a like. And, you know, if you can jump on to Apple Podcasts and give us a review as well. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Well, ciao for now. Catches. Wait, wait, wait. Now, quickly, just before you go, I want to tell you about Three Zeros Coffee. Now, as you know, I like my coffee how I like my men, long and black. <laughs> However, 
lately, I've moved into the cold brews. I'm loving it, obviously, because the weather here in Australia at the moment is quite hot. So what I've been doing is using the seasoned campaigner pour-over filter bags. Literally rip open the packet, put the filter bag over my coffee mug, a few ice cubes, pour in some hot water, let it cool down, add a sugar or two just to make it sweet, and I fucking love them. Honestly, you get the kick that you need out of the caffeine, and the taste is great. So if you want to get yourself a supply of coffee, head over to 30scoffee.com.au. From there, you can choose whatever you want. You've got the beans, you've got the pour-over filter bags, you've got some merchandise. And just to let you know that a percentage of their sales is forwarded to organizations that support first responders. So while you're getting your coffee, you're doing a good deed by getting some of this money to the first responders and where it needs to go. While you're there, don't forget to use the discount code 3ZLIMITS. Now look in our bio, you see that discount code, use it get your discounts. So again, jump onto 30scoffee.com.au and grab yourself a supply.